City Sound Off, episode six. I'm not going to lie, that music really almost like made me deaf. Oh, maybe I just turned it up for fun. <laughs> Blow your eardrums out. Yeah. I could somehow like hear the vibration of the roadcaster sitting here in Dorchester. I'm not sure how scientifically that was possible, but when we were listening to the theme music, I was like, how can I... I'm able to like hear through my computer the vibrations of the roadcaster. Maybe we should turn it down or something. It's now embedded in you. <laughs> yeah, sound. you've become one with the roadcaster, Tristan. It. Uh, I've always been one with the roadcaster. I like, even though I still have no idea how that thing works, and we've had it for three years now. Uh, guys, how are we doing this evening? Happy Sunday. Uh, you know, Sunday, uh, Sunday fun day, uh, Sunday anxiety for the week ahead. Um, That's right. Whatever, however you treat it, it's kind of what That's it is right. every weekend. But yeah, however Sunday is hitting, I hope it's hitting appropriately. Uh, massive, massive clean sheet battery win last night over Memphis 901 FC. Uh, they are now f- looks like a one point back of Tampa. My apologies and five, po- five back from Pittsburgh. So nice little playoff push on the horizon here for the boys. Did you guys watch? Yes. Got to catch, catch the match. I had to watch it back, but always watching, always watching mm-hmm. the boys. Um, and it was a good match. I mean, one nil matches They're can sometimes be a, a longer watch, I suppose. But with how the battery played, they really just wanted to see out those three points, and I think they demonstrated that in the second half. But Beto Avila's goal was phenomenal. I think I think that's like seeing him at his best. It was quick feet, showing a bit of the ball, then taking it right away out of the defender's reach and punishing him for it with a pretty tidy finish. I think he had the goal. I think he always knew he wanted to go near post. He kind of had to from that tight angle and he got the goalkeeper leaning away from the near post he's like i'll just sneak this in i'm not saying that i don't want the battery to score but the memphis goalkeeper should have saved that that's near post it's goalkeeper 101 yeah you do not get beat at your near post um but yeah the the goal itself it shows beto's class his uh his his spark his flair that's why they signed him and he brings that mls quality obviously um to the USL and yeah, I mean, it was, it was a beautiful goal, beautiful, well-worked goal. The build-up was nice, but the finish Memphis, Memphis goalkeeper. Chris Allen that. came in big. And I think Trey, yeah. Trey Muse had really high praise for him because he's someone that doesn't typically show up on the stat sheet offering an assist. I think that was his second on the season first in league play, but Trey Muse said in part of his post-match conference that or press conference that, he does all the work in between the lines, fights the hard battles. He puts in an enormous amount of work for the team. Uh, so to get him on the stat sheet, get him that assist in what was the game-deciding goal, I think I think that's massive, and it, it just it's a good reward. They're know, they're without like that. They're also without Augie starting, so they had uh, other options to go with. Traeger started. Um, I think Beto played at the nine actually. 
if I'm not mistaken. He did sense. come off. Yeah, he, that's where he did come on uh, and, and play for the nine in place of Augie. But I, I was going to say, too, I don't know if we've talked about it all, all too much on this podcast, but Battery once again flexing the deep bench. I have five total guys coming on, all of which made pretty good contributions. Um, and again, Beto Avila stepping in and getting a goal in place for Augie Williams. Got to be nice as a coach, especially at the USL level, and especially this late in the season as you're getting closer and closer to the playoffs, to be able to lean on that bench a little bit because you know at this point in the season you're going to have tired legs. Some guys are going to pick up knocks here and there, not you know not trying to sling any bad luck batteries way, but it does happen. So it is important to be able to have a good a good supporting cast coming off the bench. But once again, I felt a really good showing off the bench by everybody. And yeah. they have a total Rodriguez who's back from injury, so that honestly only boosts them and he's someone that I think they signed and was kind of like he obviously was USL League one player of the year yeah. player of the season mm-hmm. um and obviously moving up a league he did come to be more of a squad player but every time he's played I think he's has shown up has scored big goals has scored has had assists so I think he's someone that the team relies on heavily to be another outlet within the squad um and obviously to get the win over you know Former former team uh, former team of Ben Pierman's, uh, Derek Dotson, Chris Allen, Trey Muse. Yeah, I think there's four players in the team. That yeah, <laughs> play for Memphis. Um, so yeah, so I, it's a uh, they did lose back at Memphis earlier in the season. Um, I think a game they, a game they dominated most of the match, but mm-hmm. they obviously didn't see it out that way. But obviously, it's good to get. It's it's never good to lose twice to a team in a season. So to get one win. Especially a former at this point. team. Yeah, at former team especially. Yeah, it's yeah. a tough pill to swallow. Is, speaking of Trey Muse, uh, another, I think, league-leading clean sheet for the man. I mean, he's got to be up there. I did a stat check recently, and I think he was at the top of the list, if not very near it. Um, but another clean sheet for Trey Muse. Who, uh, again, I mean, there's there's been a lot to like about this battery side this year. I'm sure many of the fans would agree with me in saying that you know, especially a system that that builds from the back and a system that is everybody very involved and everybody very high pressing the entire match. A good keeper's super massive. Uh, they occasionally will get caught out. So the fact that he's been able to step up as much as he had, especially in his first season, um, really, really been impressed by him. So hopefully that's a guy that they can hang on to in the long run, but also a guy I could see potentially making an upward move at some point. Yeah, but, he's yeah. got an incredible stature for a goalkeeper. The frame, the ability to make... Not only reaction saves, but he has the ability to distribute too. He's a very confident keeper. And it was a personal record. I think it brings him to nine clean sheets on the season, which beats his former record of eight clean sheets in a year, which came from his time last season at Memphis. So applaud to him for getting just another record under his belt at such a young age. It's a, it's a sight to see rocking the mustache. I think he still, I think he still has it on him. I mean, we just had Ange Postacoglu talk about finding uh, players in interesting (laughs) places. So again, I don't, this is a team that has benefited a lot from having Trey Muse in the lineup, but I wouldn't be surprised if a club came knocking from, you know, who knows? Maybe a Belgium team, some some <laughs> club like that that could use a fresh young keeper. But either way, Ben Ben, like I said, really impressed with him. I think he's a huge part of why they've had success. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty close race there in, in the standings. We could still catch Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh is they're winning a lot of games, but I mean, in terms of hosting a playoff spot, I feel like Charleston should feel pretty good about that. 
Yeah, it was a big six six point swing because Memphis were hot on the coattails of the battery heading into the match. I think they were sitting right directly behind them in a bit of hot form too um, through the mid stretch of the season. So the fact that we're able to claim the battery, able to claim those three points, and now create a bit of a cushion in an effort to get that home playoff match is going to go a long way. And this is, I mean, the advantage of playing at home regardless of how the battery have been over the course of the season at home, like it's going to go, it does things that you can't describe, right? For a player being at home, you don't have to travel, right? That's one advantage. You have the crowd behind you. In this case, in this match, the battery showed out, uh, the battery faithful showed out with 4,000 plus. So like that's to, to have that energy to feed you heading into the match. And then another factor that the battery have over some teams is they play on a, a grass surface. So, Sometimes you're heading to a turf field if you're training on grass all week. Maybe you have to move your training location just to get up to speed, get up to the play of the game um, so you can work your way in to when you travel to an opponent's pitch. So now that they're playing on grass, it might be hard for teams to get on a grass pitch and actually train, and, it, and they have that home field advantage, and it, it's on many fronts that they'll get that. So I think it is big for them to really get the points down the stretch here as they did over the weekend. And put the, it to good use. The weather also, I mean, obviously it's the summer, so there are, most states are hot right now, but there's there's water breaks going on at this game. The humidity is always up in Charleston. So something that I think every little bit of advantage counts when you're in these positions. And um, I think you kind of psych yourself out in a positive way. Be like, oh, we've got this behind our backs. I We're, we're used to this. We're used to this scenario, this grass field, the bumps that we, we know the, where the bumps are. We know how to use certain piece, pieces of the pitch to our advantage. Not that Patriots point isn't a nice surface, but by this point in the season, the grass is getting plowed on by, by cleats every single week. So, um, yeah, the, the fans themselves, they had the yellow smoke going post-goal. Post goal. I thought I was looking at uh, some European ultras. Um, Got post- PTSD from when we went down there and almost died of smoke. Yeah, yeah. They lit it right in front of us. Literally, yeah. Andrew and Tristan could have breathed. Like, <laughs> it, it was 10 seconds of joy and then 20 seconds of, I think I might die. I can't see anything. Still going on. Yeah. But uh, I think, I don't know who was, I couldn't see the player that was on the ball, but so post goal, one of the batter, I think it was either, it was either Archer or uh, Palma. I just couldn't see through the smoke, but they were in the smoke, like clearing the ball out. That must be like so distracting for a minute where you're like, you're like trying to like just get the ball upfield or like like play it forward to a to one of your teammates and then yeah um it was just like funny and it, it looks awesome from a from an American perspective we we want to watch more fans at games and see more crowds live be more lively and um that that south end um seating at Patriots Point was more filled as the game went on so we're seeing I feel like almost every time more fans in the stadiums which is awesome. And that new seating arrangement was a, a pretty significant club announcement that was made. I think that was something when we talked to Lee last year, it was not, was it? Was it last year or last this year November. we talked to him? Last, yeah, geez, a year ago. Where, where does the time go? All these trips down south start to blend together. But he mentioned that as a, as a huge project that the club was uh, partaking in. It's by all accounts been a huge success. I think it's a, a really good sign, not just for Charleston, but for the USL in general, is if you put a seat there, someone will put a butt there, you know, and that's a good thing. The more seats they've been adding, the more people that are coming to stadiums. And that's kind of the whole name of the game, right? In terms of, uh, you know, continuity and success for a USL club and, and battery have sort of written the book on that, right? They've, they've been around longer than most other sides mm-hmm. and been successful for a lot longer, but um, either way, it is nice to see when they start uh, 
when they start adding stuff to stadiums, people will start to take advantage. And again, uh, the the shipping containers, I just love the look of them. It's so rustic and and yet contemporary, and they're classy, and they look great if you just hang a bunch of kits inside and say, hey, hey, you want a kit, idiot? 80 bucks here. Well, I better. For well, context, better. Tristan, could, uh, as long as there is a stout, a flannel, and a shipping container as a house that's smaller than him, He'll be happy. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I'm easy to separate from my wallet in those conditions. <laughs> I'll put it that way. But um, yeah, good stuff from the battery. Good to see him get a win off the bounce and uh, some some big matches ahead. And shout out, we have an international appearance uh, on one of our battery members, don't we? Yeah, Jesse Randall. He's actually speaking of depth and depth in the squad. You want to have everyone with you, Jesus. Bob? I thought you said death. My God. Yeah. <laughs> no, Speaking of death in the squad, <laughs> no, depth. <laughs> depth. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously these are these are moments you have players go off on international duty, and he's a New Zealand native, so um, he's off with the U twenty three team as they go through Olympic qualifiers. So exciting for him, exciting for the battery, for the fans. Obviously, you know you have Declan Wynn, who's also a New Zealand international at the uh, senior level. Um, Fidel's at the U seventeens, like consistently playing for them he's someone that we've seen appear um in the mexico kit so it's just cool to see kind of your players you know all your players go off for the international sides leland archer um mm-hmm. and aj patterson as well so that's gonna be a yeah. tough mid-season trip flying all in new zealand yeah yeah oh yeah that's a hell of a time swing but <laughs> i don't even know how that would ha- like how long that must take forever like i think it's like 36 hours, hours in advance it's Oof. like somehow days ahead because hopefully you're that far away yeah, hopefully they're playing somewhere else and he doesn't have to go all the way back to camp yeah hopefully not that'd be or the weather's brutal. nice <laughs> you know what you know what the best thing about well one of the best things about the usl is during these player call-ups it's just such a funny paradox between like that and premier league where when they host an international tournament during the prem season, when that happened a couple of years ago and some of the guys on, on prem clubs were like being taken away from their team. It was the AFCON. That's what yep, it was Africa. Yeah, because yeah. Arsenal had a ton of players from Africa and they were all going to play. And so a lot of the Arsenal fans were like, what? This is bullshit. But I love the, the complete opposite feeling in USL where it's like, Oh, our boys getting called up to New Zealand. Like that's sick. Go do your thing. That's amazing. We're in a vastly worse position to win the game, but you know what? That's not important <laughs> because you, my friend, are going to play for New Zealand. Like, I just love the uh, the attitude that it's it's way more supportive. I think it fosters a better uh, a better environment for players. Yeah, but definitely more celebrated. hundred percent. You don't have to listen to the Jurgen uh, press conferences of him just like right. shitting on the circumstances. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. He's like, I already have two players hurt. I'm yeah. losing more players. And, and to be fair, he's far from the only manager that regularly shits right. on the circumstances. Yeah. That's kind of their main move. But uh yeah, it's just it's just nice when when you get a guy that sort of gets a good opportunity like that. I think we're able to to recognize that. But yeah. all good things. Some not so fun news coming out of the USL. One of their playoff contenders has announced that they will cease operations for the twenty twenty four season. So this will be the last season for San Diego Loyal. Um Really, really tough news, especially because that was one of the more up-and-coming clubs in the USL. Seems like ownership was uh, really close with fans, and they had a really cool thing going. I mean, we we have a little bit of information. We've obviously done some research beforehand, but uh, it's it seems like the gist of it was they did not have a great current situation with their stadium, Torero Stadium. They tried to move to a college stadium at UC San Diego, but there wasn't enough seats. And they're really not able to find a home, but I think that might be paraphrasing a bit. Yeah, that's kind of the 
Yes. That's the gist of the situation. And the USL requires stadiums the size of 5,000, at least 5,000. Torero Stadium was 6,000 in capacity. And like you mentioned, there was uh, issues with, with le- the lease itself. And um, they wanted a training facility. They wanted an academy. They wanted a new stadium. So all those things couldn't be brought forward. And, I mean, I, we watched the video, the the chairman, the owner. Because yeah. Landon Donovan is also co-owner as well. Um, sure. And so who was the other owner that spoke Oh, you're gonna make me say his name. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was Andrew Vasiliadis, yes. the club chairman. Yep. So he obviously disclosed that they've been in the league for the last four years. Everything they've done, the community they've built, and they want to provide the best club going forward. And he didn't feel that they could do that considering the circumstances of their situation. And so they're ceasing operations. It's 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 horrible news to hear, obviously, because I mean we on the Howlers podcast have always kind of praised San Diego Loyal's like logo and the the following they have. And just another, you know, USL team that has a big supporting and has grown over the last four years positively from a like exposure perspective. Yeah. They definitely do it right out in San Diego. And like, as you, as you saw the post go up, I'm not sure if it was Andrew that made the statement or if it was the CEO, Justin Papadakis. Um, but one of them made the statement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, San Diego, they did it like right. Their their fans were heartbroken at the news. I don't know if they had more of an inkling of what might be happening than we did as outside fans. Like maybe they had caught some wind, but I think it was just more of a devastating blow with how the news came out. It was very sudden. Like mid obviously mid season is not the time that you want to be making this announcement either. We know that um RNYFC made a statement prior to the season kicking off in a different league in the U.S., but like mm-hmm. having to make that statement and come forward as the owner that this is going to be the last time we're doing this. And it make- wasn't, sorry, it was, well, Justin Papadakis is the C, uh, USL deputy CEO. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was the other guy. Sorry to cut you off. Just wanted Yeah, to- no. We got to get these names straight. Yeah. No, we're trying to get the facts out there. But Good catch, Andrew. Yeah. I think, I think you have to also considered the fact that San Diego is a, t- is a region that or a city that was picked for a US, uh, MLS expansion side. And I know that it's being chalked up to the fact that it is, they were unable to find a stadium. There was issues with the current lease, but I personally find it hard to believe that those are the only factors going into that decision. I think there's probably also pressure as the MLS Easily lands a stadium. They, Tristan, you said it was like 35,000 seats that the MLS team will be going into. So yeah, it looks the, like San Diego State University. They're going to be using right. their their stadium, which I don't love. I do love the fact that there is a minimum of seating that's required for a USL club. I like that there's requirements. It's the same way that I like MLS's rule of you need to have a soccer-specific stadium moving forward pretty much. He's been pretty strict about that. I think for the most part. Um, so I do like this, the seating requirements, but uh, yeah, they're going to be headed over to a college stadium. So hopefully they're able to. Yeah. But you, more. you also have to wonder, right. As like an owner chairman, whatever it might be that now that there's another team coming to San Diego, what, what part of the market share are you going to lose in that? And if they're already struggling, like maybe part of the reason they couldn't, get the lease signed or get it agreed is because maybe it was too expensive. So maybe they need to get more fans, more butts and seats and more people to games and actually watching the game by buying a t- ticket. Who knows? Um, it's hard to know because the loyal are so, like they have such a 
loyal fan base. Um, and mm-hmm. they have a really good, like shout out to the, the locals podcast. They have a good show that they put on. So like they really brought the community together in four years and a team that's doing everything right. I think that with the MLS coming to town, it has to be a factor in what the chairman and owner's decision is moving forward of like, it's already tough to string things along now. Can we really continue to do that well into the future with this new side coming? Like that, do you guys think that that is playing a factor or do you think it is solely chalked up to the fact that, that they don't have, they can't find a feasible place to pe- play? I think it's both. I would, I would agree that it would, might be a little bit naive to think that those two things were not connected at all. I think maybe if I'm the club chairman of loyal, I look at, I look at an MLS expansion club and I think, well, it's just awful timing. I I wouldn't normally support this, but the fact that we are in this predicament where we can't really find a stadium right now, we can't do anything that seems economically feasible without having really, really difficult financial issues for the club. Like, I, I don't want to I don't think that there's any connection there, but I have to think he at least thought, well, any fans that we have are probably going to be tempted by this cool, big, sexy MLS club that they're going to put somewhere. And, you know, again, it is a college stadium, but at some point they'll probably get investment for their own stadium. So I just think there was a lot. It was like a, a, a big, noisy neighbor came in and then and then the loyal fans had to just kind of witness everybody be really amenable to this new MLS expansion thing, which there's a lot of money behind and they can probably make more money from. But it was just another really shitty situation of like a mom and pop shop, maybe being closed down just because it's just not economically feasible, but not that, not that MLS had anything to do directly with it, but I mean, it definitely didn't help. That's what I would say. When we spoke with Jose um, over at box to box, you mentioned obviously uh, and goals TV shout out. TV shout out. Um, he mentioned FC Dallas competes. Well, it doesn't compete, but they also have um, a smaller league team in Dallas that has more of a diehard fans. And he said the FC Dallas's outing is more like a family outing, like an attraction rather than like those diehard soccer fans. So right. I think it is timing. Like timing has, a, has to do with, with it all because I don't know how long that club has been in Dallas before FC Dallas, or I know FC Dallas is one of like the original clubs, but I think if loyal had been around longer, I think there's more of a opportunity to stay and and survive longer against an MLS side because you've built what a much longer and stronger relationship with the surrounding community. They've obviously built one, but like you said, Tristan, it's a bit easier to be tempted by an MLS, a sexy MLS club with a stadium coming in like 2030 and all these things, all these factors that play into where you want to put your time and your money as a fan. So I mean, um, and look again, like yeah. even if the expansion club had landed in a different city, which it very well could have, who's to say that that San Diego wouldn't have still folded after this season? Right. Who's to say they might have still yeah. not said, hey, we just the, it's just not a feasible operation after after this. So it's shitty to think, but again, like not that I'd even say that MLS expansion was the nail in the coffin, but I think it did kind of weigh in, in terms of those factors that probably led to this. But overall, it's really shitty. I mean, I, I, you'd like to think that at least now everybody will will rally behind the team like crazy in their playoff push because they are going to be a playoff team if they keep playing well. They're they're right in the thick of it. They're currently fifth in Western Conference, so they have a pretty good point cushion on uh, on ninth place, New Mexico. So. 
they're looking pretty good for a playoff run, but hopefully there's some sort of rally and maybe that, uh, you know, they did just sell out like crazy moving forward. But either way, um, that's San Diego loyal. We will be thinking of you and watching you a bit more. I'll definitely be tuning in. I mean, now I feel like there's a, there's more of an inclination to like They'll jump be coming in to the point in two matches, right? It's yeah. It's September Patriots 9th point, at Patriots so. point. So well, I also got think against him then, which sucks, but every other match I'll be rooting for them. Yeah. I also think there might be more information that maybe will get released over the next, like, yeah, I mean, I told you guys about that statement that was supposedly released by the MLS. I have no way to confirm. Uh, it was sent in a fan group chat, but it has an MLS logo on the bottom and also a San Diego <laughs> logo on the bottom. So it, it makes it and it's, it's very well stated. But the way that that chat GPT, the way that I'm that sold. statement, it probably was written in chat GPT, <laughs> GPT. But the way that that statement was phrased is like the MLS is like almost taking it as a passing of the torch. Like the, one of the sentences said, we look forward to heralding a new era of soccer excellence and developing a profound, profound connection with the community. So it's like, that's one sentence in the statement, but that makes it sound like, okay, you know, you're coming to town, but like, you didn't have, you don't have to take anything from what they're the, like, San well, Diego well, built. Like you're not carrying on the loyal legacy. Like you're, it's like you walk into a, like, I don't know, like a kid goes, Halloween it goes on Halloween gets a bunch of candy and you're like you, you take his candy bag and like oh I'm so sorry I'm taking all your candy I'm just I'm so sorry yeah. you're just like taking everything that he just he just went and got and he's yeah, like, like taking are they it gonna, like, oh, but they're apologizing gonna, the whole time is MLS gonna keep the loyal guys on payroll like because that's yeah. the main thing that's the main important thing here but right. either way I mean it should be a pretty uh a pretty raucous run. I wonder if they're going to just keep the name San Diego loyal. Would that, would that be like classy or not classy to you guys? The MLS team? I feel like legally yeah, they wouldn't be able like, to do we're that. We're going to keep the identity. Depending on what was said, I would imagine the owners have met, especially being that Landon Donovan is owner. He has met with individuals at the MLS, but I think there's got to be some sort of like copyright issues or yeah, whatever, know, with branding know. issues. And I don't know if the MLS team would just, I feel like they would, you know how the MLS is. They're so greedy and like money grabby that they're not like, oh, we're not going to pay this team even five grand for their logo. We'll just make a new one and it'll be better. We'll just take it. (laughs) We'll just come in there and we'll take it because it's ours. Rip the bag right (laughs) off your chest. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, that's about us. That's about it for us. I mean, looking ahead again, Charleston will travel to New Mexico this weekend, and then they have a home game after that, right? Who is it against? Against, against Loyal. Loyal, yeah. Against That'll Loyal. Be the last so. time, if you're a Battery fan, that you can see the Loyal play, probably have the option to play, unless you plan on traveling out to San Diego. But So get your tickets. Yeah, get out there. Go to SeatGeek. Get your history, history Diego, baby. Go, go to SeatGeek. Get your tickets. Yeah, or yeah. just DM Landon Donovan. He, I think he's he said that. He goes, if you DM me directly, I'll hook you up with tickets. So he's, pretty, he's pretty responsive. Everybody reach out to him on Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> wherever you can find him and, and beg for tickets. And he'll, be, he'll be into it. Um, yeah, yeah, these are two, also two winnable games. New, uh, interesting to see how they'll match up against some West Coast competition, too. I mean, I, I think uh, expect to get some points against New Mexico. They're sort of down and out right now, but... San Diego's they can play, so I'll, that that'll be one I'm looking forward to very much. That's going to be a big big night on ESPN for the boys. That's what, that's what we got, right? Last calls. We got new merch coming, maybe. Oh yeah, new oh, merch yeah. coming. Um, Ooh. just general new merch, and then um Hispanic Heritage Month merch, and then Breast, Breast Cancer, Cancer Awareness Month. There's stuff coming out for that's October, right? Uh, yeah, October. Like so um, new merch coming out. 
from the battery. Keep an eye out for that. And um, yeah, that's a wrap. Next time that direct deposit hit, baby, <laughs> go over to Charleston Battery website. Get yourself a new bit of merch. Yeah. Tristan will be the first one. Yeah, in waiting yeah it'll be sold out. Don't, <laughs> you can't, don't get 2XL. That shit will be sold out already because I already bought it. <laughs> They're going to come over here for an episode. He's just decked out in battery gear. Yeah. I'm wearing eight the of the same on the hoodies. <laughs> eight of the same hoodies, but each size is bigger than the last so that they fit over each other. <laughs> Can't move. It's like a marshmallow. Yeah. I'm like, I racked up some debt, but man, do I look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Have a good one. See you all very soon.